born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. The third thing I want to mention is have some time and activity apart from one another. You ever seen boy meets girl? Oh, they just spend so much time together. They're on the phone to each other. They call each other. They just got to be with each other 24 hours a day. It's just boom, boom, boom. And then after a while, they're sick of each other. And the reason is because they're spending too much time talking to each other. Because they're not learning something new. There's nothing to share. After you know it all, okay, now now what? But see, you have to have time apart. And the same thing with a wife and a husband. It's good that they have some life with other people so they can go and do something without, you know, thinking that they're ungodly if they... The ladies want to get together. Or if you want to go someplace. I'm thrilled when my wife wanted to take and go on a cruise and take my daughter and my granddaughter. And they all, just the three of them, they went by themselves. Now, what do you think I did? Anything you wanted. Anything. <laughs> Anything I wanted to do. And so, but they had fun. So when they come back and they come, now me and my wife can get together and say, what did you do? Well, what did you do? What did you do? Where did y'all go? How did y'all have? And all the fun they had and it's so joyful and great. And so when I went to India, my wife, I think, spent time with my daughter and they went fishing and she got pictures of her eating catfish and native trout and all that kind of stuff. They had a great time. But see, you have to have some time apart or you'll come apart. You can't stay together all the time like glue because you've got to learn something from other areas so that when you come together, you can share things. And yet at the same time, it's good that you can spend some time together without killing one another. Uh, we just went to Kentucky a couple weeks ago. I could have went by myself, but my wife went with me. I've been on a cruise. I took her with me. But we have fun. We enjoy that. And so as time goes on, the older I get, we spend a lot of time together. And I'll tell you this. When I get ready to leave in the morning, she always kisses me by. And so I got ready to leave. I said, you didn't kiss me by. She says, yes, I did. I said, uh-uh, my lips would have remembered. <laughs> you remember that, hon? Hey, this was just a few days ago. My lips would have remembered. See, that's romantic. (laughs) 
And then whenever I get in the car, she'll get up to the back window of the mobile home that we're living in, and she pulls the blinds, and she waves by to me. But I have to wait to get the car out because I have to do that as the last thing that I do. Because if I, if I do it first, I've got to stop the car, go back in, we've got to do it all over again, and wave goodbye. But she does this. Now, she trained me this way. This is not something that I initiated, but I, I like it. And so there's things that you can do that will help you so that you keep doing the things that got you to where you are. And so when I first saw her 53 years ago, I said, that's the prettiest thing I ever saw. Did you know if I was not married to her today and she was in this church and I was the pastor and I was single, I'd be chasing her. I still think that's the prettiest 72-year-old woman I've ever met. And I'd chase her and I'd get her too. Just like I did 53 years ago. So you need to focus upon one. And remember this. If you're married... Don't spend all your time with single people. You can't think single. You can't live single. You got to think married. You got to act married. So that as a married man, I should always remember, Yankee, you are married. That means you have, out of all the four billion women on the earth, you're entitled to that one. No other. Don't entertain the idea because you start feeding your mind with trash, it won't be long before you'll be wanting to act upon that. You got one, love the one you got, and stay with the one you got. And you'd be surprised that all those on the other side of the fence, you think, oh, the grass is green on the other side. No, 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 no. It's parched and you got something wrong with your eyesight. You're going to pay a great price. Just learn and be wise. The next thing I wanted to mention to you, realize that you are married to Jesus. Pretend that your, your husband is the Lord. Pretend that your wife is the Lord. Why would you treat her differently or him differently than the Lord? Treat that person as though that person is the Lord. And they deserve the respect, the dignity, and all that that belongs to them. That's a child of God. Did you know that if you don't treat that wife right, God's not going to do right by you? You want really to be happy and peaceful and joyful? Do right. Wouldn't it be wonderful if everybody did, but nobody seems to understand how this whole thing works? But remember, when you wrong each other, say, how do you correct that? So you're wrong. No. Say, so I offend you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. And accept it and go on. The next statement. Do not interfere with your mate's discipline of the children. So many times I've been in a restaurant and I see these kids. There's absolutely no control. We was in a restaurant and we're sitting there. And I thought, woman... Why in the world did you ever set me in this area of this restaurant? You know, you go in there and say, follow me. And I'll follow him. 
I had one of them tell me, he said, walk this way. I said, I can't. Anyway, walked in there, and she set us down there, and there was four kids sitting at one table. Five, five kids at one table. And there was another couple sitting right in front of us on another table from us, and had one little boy. That one little boy, he hollered and yelled and screamed, and he wasn't my kid, but I wanted to kill him. <laughs> I thought, discipline this kid. And they, <laughs> and the kid was destroying the whole atmosphere because they wouldn't tell the little kid to stop. And there sat five little kids sitting over here, and every one of them was just as nice and sweet and kind, and they had no adult watching them. The lady that worked there, there was two of them, and they were their children, and they were all sitting there, and they were nice and quiet and disciplined. Five of them. And here's two parents with one kid, and they did not know how to discipline. I thought to myself, I could handle this. But I thought, I better keep my nose out of it because I'm going to get it broke again. And I can't blame it on my brother. So I got through and I walked over to those kids. And I said, you know, you five kids, I'm really thankful and proud of y'all. I said, y'all are really disciplined. And I just want to compliment you on that. And then the waitress came up. Anyway, there's some people who will not discipline their kids. There's sometimes there's difficulty between husband and wife about how to discipline the kids. If the wife has to discipline the kids, don't say, come over here to daddy. Daddy loves you. Your mean old mother beat the door out of you, but daddy loves you. Now, is that good or bad? You know that's bad. But you did it, didn't you? And when the daddy has to correct the children, you're a mean old daddy. And it's like playing a game with the kids. You'll destroy those kids. If you have a problem with discipline between you and your husband with those kids, you settle it privately. My daughter and my son can tell you, and they stood up in church up in Northside, and they said, I, my daughter told me, she said, and she said it in church, she said, I've never seen my mother and dad have a fight. Doesn't mean we didn't have one. They didn't see it. But no, there's a certain thing that if you've got to solve some things, solve it. But don't destroy them in the process. Because you see, you can, with words you can hurt and wound and destroy one another. And that's not God honoring. Remember this. Marriage is not an agreement, but a commitment to who they are. That's my wife. I'm committed to her. And what I do is not because of what she does. It's because what is right. I am demanded by God, if I have a wife, I am to love my wife. I am to lead and guide and protect. I'm to be the head of the home. That's my responsibility. I'm committed to fulfill that responsibility. For how long? Till what does us part? Till death do us part. Now, if you've already done, messed that up and violated that, wherever you are at this point, let it be for the rest of your life. Learn how to solve your problems. Because all of us, are a problem. You are a problem.
I said, if I had 100 kids in ranch, I got 100 problems. If we got 100 people in church, I got 100 problems. And when you're married, you got problems. It's two problems marrying each other. And sometimes they have conned each other. You know, like a con, they conned you. They only show you the best side. And she is that little angel that never does anything wrong. Oh, she's the sweetest thing. Perfect little angel. And she conned you. You fell for it. And he convinced you that he's the knight in shining armor. He's Prince Charming. But he's the man of your, he's your hunk. And maybe he's not exactly what you wanted, but he will be when you get through reworking him. And so you con each other, and now you can't live with each other. And so you want to spend the rest of your life trying to change the other one. Accept them the way they are. That's how you married them, the way they are. Haven't you ever heard that song? Just as I am, we got married. And you say, well, it's always going to get better. It's always going to get better. 99 times out of 100, it's going to get worse. Your marriage at that moment is probably the happiest you're ever going to be. It may be totally downhill from here on out. You say, well, I'm stuck. You are stuck. Now get over it. Realize it. You are committed You gave your word. You made a vow. God's word says it's better not to vow than to vow and then not keep your vow. You made it. You keep it. You say, well, I shouldn't have to be punished for the rest of my life. And why not? (laughs) Nobody made you get into this mess. Now that you are there, ask the Lord to give you the strength and the grace to bear your burden. And they may be a a burden. But I've had people come to see me, and I led this one lady to the Lord. And I says, I think it would be good if I could talk to your husband. No, 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 no. I don't want you talking to my husband. I said, well, why? I want him to go to hell. I says, ma'am, do you realize what you just said? She said, I know exactly what I just said. I hate that man. Do you realize that if your husband or your wife is not exactly what you want them to be, did you know that you can appeal to the authority that's over them and ask God to work on them? But remember, wife, if you try to change him, and if he doesn't change the way you want him to be, and you try to slap him around a little bit and boss him around and try to, you're going to make him do then God doesn't have to. Why? You have become God's avenging angel. Let him alone. Let God deal with him, says, Lord, I love you. And I love my husband, but he is not what he ought to be. He's not serving you like he ought to. Lord, I'm going to turn him over to you so you can beat the tar out of him. And if you'll trust the Lord, he will. And you don't have to do it. And you do that, why? Because you love him. Let God change people. 
and I've told people this. Did you know that whenever you get married and you, you know, you're in church, as long as you come to church, I can say things to both of you that you can't say to each other. I said, and you'll take it better from me, and if you don't like what I said, you'll hate me, but you'll still love each other. But I can help the man to see things, and I can help the woman to see things, and that's why when you start missing church, you're working on your divorce. Think it through. When you turn away from the church, and you become unfaithful, you're working on your divorce. I've been doing this a long time. I've watched it. And people think it doesn't really matter. Everything matters. Everything matters. And just because you go to church doesn't mean everything's going to be wonderful now. No, you're still going to struggle. You're going to have all kinds of problems. But at least you have a better opportunity to learn the things that God wants you to learn and to be the way that God wants you to be. Now, let me give you this. Never spurn your mate's affection or desire for affection. Let one day, I got ready to leave, kiss Betty goodbye. And I went, she says, don't you rub that off. I said, I didn't. I was rubbing it in. <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> that was quick, bud. <laughs> I wasn't rubbing it off. Oh, I was rubbing that in. Men, you've got to be able to think fast. Your marriage could depend upon it. Another point to remember. Let your children go according to plan. When little babies are born, from the time they're born, they are dependent upon you 100%. When they're about three years old, they're dependent upon you about 90%. Seven years old, about 75%. Ten years old, 50%. Thirteen years old, 25%. Sixteen years old, 10%. Eighteen years old, fly away. <laughs> they're not dependent upon you anymore. And that's about time for them to fly the coop. So there is a natural breaking away process. And because of this natural breaking away process, let it happen. Don't build your life around your kids. You and your wife were married before the kids came along, supposed to. And you should still be together when you have your kids. And you should still be together when the kids are gone. Don't allow children to turn you against each other. In other words, you're married. Leave mother and father. God will loan you some children. You've got a few years to do the best you can as husband and wife with these children. But don't let that become a wedge between you and your mate that divides you and ruins a marriage because of the children. Because those children are not going to stay with you Forever, you hope. The reason you teach them how to depend upon getting a job and taking care of themselves, you want them to learn to be independent of you so that you don't have to support them all your life. But you want to still be nice to them because they probably will determine what nursing home you go to. 
So you still got to love them. Treat them right. And it's not that you want them, don't mind them leaving. You want them to be able to stay gone once they go. Usually, you know, they, they go and they get married and they have kids and they come home. Hello, Mom, Paul. No. That's why you want them to find a right mate and to love each other and to take care of each other and all these things, these wonderful, wonderful things. See, God has a system that will work. It's sometimes we don't work it the way God wants us to. So when they get about 18 years old, they should know how to be dependent upon themselves. When I cut my kids loose, I think they cut me loose first. But anyway, they were on their own. I do not, you know, support my kids. But you, you've got to have some agreements on. Of course, me and Betty, we agreed on everything and what we did and so forth. But um, God, God's been good to us. Uh, another point I wanted to give to you is you put your mate before your children. Don't love your children more than you do your husband or your wife. Because not to do so, you're ruining their marriage down the road. They're supposed to learn how to love forgive, understand, and all those things that they're supposed to do to keep their marriage together, they're supposed to learn it from mom and dad. And so hopefully they'll learn a few things. And you put your mate before your parents. Leave mother and father and cleave unto each other. Now Betty's, all of her relatives are all gone. All her relatives, her immediate family, they're, they're all gone. They've been gone for years. And I feel like that poor little girl, all she has is me. That's all she needs. <laughs> she is my little queen, and I'm her king. I wrote a poem about that, too, one day. It's on the Internet. I'll read it to you one of these days. And you try not to criticize your in-laws. That's not the best thing to do. And apply all Bible verses about the treatment of others to your mate. Does the Bible say to love one another? You think that would include her? Include your husband? When it says forgiving one another, do you think that means the one you're married to? Does that mean maybe your kids too? Hmm? Is it possible it could refer to, to them also? Love one another? Forgive one another? There's a, a lot that could be said that I could go into, but I think you get the point. If we're just more considerate of each other. Don't expect your husband to be perfect. If he was, he wouldn't have married you. Remember I had a man one day, he asked me, he says, Yankee, you pray for me. Pray that I can find the perfect wife. I said, I can't do that. Because a perfect wife would be looking for the perfect husband and you ain't it. You said, that's cold. Oh, no, that's reality. Because, you see, sometimes we're expecting perfection out of our mate, and you aren't. I'm not. Why should I expect my wife to be perfect? I'm not. Are you? Do you expect perfection from each other? Or just, uh, hey, we wrong each other. We make wrong decisions. We don't agree on everything. Okay, so what are you going to do about it? Get a grip. Get a life. Move on. And love each other the way you should. And you'd be surprised what God will do for you down the road. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. And the wallet represents sin. We all have sin upon us. You know what I enjoy? Watching different people that I haven't seen for 25, 30 years. 
and watch them do the hand gesture. And they all seem to do it just a little bit different, but they get the same message out. And they word it just a tad different. But sometimes they think, hey, I like that. I can use that. I can use that. Do you ever do that? Do you ever watch them? This is you and me. This is sin. We have all sinned. We're all sinners. Everybody wrongs each other. But once you trust Christ as Savior, we're supposed to learn how to love each other. But God says the payment for sin is death, eternal separation from God in hell. But to go to heaven, we have to be perfect as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect. None of us are good enough. So the Bible says we cannot save ourselves. All of our good works won't get us to heaven. This hen represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loves us. Hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, and came back from the dead. And God said if you and I would believe that he did that, he would put this payment to our account, and we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. That's the best news in the world. I pray that you trusted Christ as your Savior. If you haven't, you ought to do so. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're watching by Internet, I want you to understand that the only thing you have to do to have eternal life and to go to heaven is to believe that when Christ died, he died for you. Would you believe that he did that for you? And if you will, trust Christ as your only hope of going to heaven. Don't trust the preacher. Don't trust your good works. Don't trust the church. Trust the only true and living God there is. Christ died for you. Believe that. And he said, I'll give you eternal life, and I'll never cast you out and never lose you. For you that are in the auditorium, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you just talk to the Lord right now and say, Lord, I, I know I'm a sinner. I believe Christ died, paid for my sins, and right now I will trust him as my only hope of going to heaven. And friend, God said, if you believe that, he'd save you, give eternal life. Would you do that? I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand doesn't save you. It lets me know that what I said made sense, and I'd like to have prayer for you. So with the head bowed and eyes closed, would you just slip in a very quickly and say, yes, that made sense to me. I will trust Christ as my Savior right now. And one at all before we close. If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you're God's child. Right now, you may be struggling in your marriage. I don't know. Maybe nobody else even knows. Maybe your husband doesn't even know how you're thinking. Maybe your wife doesn't even know how you're thinking. But you should want God's will for your life. God's blessings upon you. And remember, you can't, you can't sin against God and get away with it. You can't do wrong and treat your mate wrong and get away with it. There's a price to pay. So why not right now just take a moment and say, Lord, I've treated my mate wrong. I haven't done right. I haven't had the right attitude. I've been cutting or biting and irritable. And I need to correct that. And if you need to tell your person that you're married to, be strong enough to do that. Say, honey, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. My attitude wasn't right. And they'll forgive you. But build it upon a good relationship. Nobody's perfect, but you've got to learn how, how to deal with each other, learning to adjust. And you that are watching by Internet, if you have never trusted Christ, and you will right now, right there on the screen, it says, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior right now. Friend, you can just click that. I'd love to know. And it will send a message to us immediately and let us know that, yes, you trusted Christ as your Savior, and I pray that you would. 
Father, we thank you so much for this time together. Bless each one for being here. We pray, Lord, that these things, though they're difficult to say, we try to sprinkle it with just a little bit of humor. But these are serious things, and our marriages are so important. And we ask, Father, your blessings upon each person and upon our children and our grandchildren. In Christ's name we pray. How permanent is your salvation? Can you lose it? Are you 100% sure that you'll go to heaven? To help you in answering that question, Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed. Caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.